On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a hiking. He was walking down the land through the sugar candy, were looking for his liking. And as he strolled along, he sang a song of the land of Middle Canada. Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. This is episode number 18, Other Dreams, and I am your host, Gizmo. Welcome back. I hope everyone had a lovely weekend. It was lovely here in Arizona. It is still quite hot, but the edge of it is starting to come off, and there is hope. There is hope that sometime soon it will be cooler and it will no longer be the burning rays of sun, and all us Arizonans will come out from our holes to play again. Uh, We've had lovely rains this summer, so it's actually been really nice. And so I hope it has been the case for you as well. But welcome back. Uh, Thank you, first off, to everybody who contacted us last week. It was amazing to get such a great response from everybody and to have so many words of encouragement and support and just general love for Sounds of the Trail and Uh, We do put a lot of work into this podcast, and it's really rewarding to know that people are listening and appreciating all the work that we put into this. Also, I got a lot of comments that people were not sure how to contact me before. I guess just to reiterate, if you would like to contact us, you can always email us at soundsofthetrail at gmail.com. And I receive those emails, but I forward them on to either Kimchi or Parthri or Sina, if you so desire. And I'm also on Twitter with, of course, the caveat that I don't really know how to use Twitter. I mean, I, I can like send tweets and uh, reply to them, but I don't really understand the social etiquette on Twitter yet. It's uh, a bit fuzzy to me, so I don't check it that often. We're also on Facebook, of course, at Sounds of the Trail, and on Instagram at Sounds of the Trail, and our website is soundsofthetrail.com. So we tried to keep it easy for everybody. If you ever want to get in touch with us, uh, just try one of those, and we'll do our best to respond to you. We love to hear from people, so don't be afraid of reaching out. But to To get into the meat of this episode, uh, the title of this episode is Other Dreams, which is sort of a heavy title, and I I selected that on purpose, and I I selected it because that's what this episode is about, is about other dreams. And I think all of us have other dreams, even those of us who maybe we can look at our lives and see that we are committed and pursuing a dream at the moment, maybe we have something else that has to wait while we pursue one thing and or maybe we're in a waiting period and working towards being able to implement our dreams in the future and maybe we just have something called a bucket list i was talking about this episode with dirt nap as i was getting ready to put it all together and he was saying that he hates the term bucket list it's it's just such a stupid term 
that we take these things that we love and dream about and, and think about and, and we put them in a bucket, a bucket of dreams. But I think it's just one way as a society that we, you know, we're not really encouraged to have lots of dreams. I mean, there's a lot of lip service, but when it comes down to people are always asking you, you know, what are you going to be or what are you going to do? And, and they don't ask you, what are you dreaming of and what makes you truly happy? And are you, are you pursuing your heart's desires, I guess? But we do give you a bucket to hold your dreams in. And, and maybe you put that bucket on a shelf uh, and look at it every once in a while. I don't know. I, I think it's good to, to sort of take stock every once in a while and think about what you're doing with your life and if it is bringing you what you are looking for, no matter what that looks like. And this episode really talks about a lot of those things. And we get to start off with an interview, which is a little bit longer than our average interview. And it's actually with someone we've heard from before, just last week with Patches. And we get to hear from her again as her and Kimchi sort of follow up on some of the themes that they explored last week. And in my opinion, this is a really solid interview that is totally worth your time. And you might notice that throughout the interview, uh, Kimchi will actually say, Gizmo, you're going to love this. And, and she's right, because she knows me. And, and I totally love it. And I hope you will love it too. And with that said, let's hear from Patches. This is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail, and I'm sitting here with Patches. As fate would have it, we definitely wound up back together again after me sitting in her car at Baxter State trying to go uh, <clears throat> get into Summit Katahdin. I did see her last night, and I'm actually going to have her talk about how that happened and where we're at. And I mean, I just thought it was pretty awesome. And <clears throat> I guess not to sound like a dork, but in my heart, I kind of knew that we were going to see each other again, and I'm really happy that we did. So I get to finish our interview, which was, was really an interesting beginning anyway. So that being said, good morning. This is Kimchi, and I'm going to turn you over to Patches. All right. Hi. So we're here at Apple Pines Campground, which is this crazy little main park along... Uh, which river is this? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't remember the name of the river. I will later when I don't want it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I have like a little lean to here. It's just like the AT shelters, except that I have it all to myself. And so it's been kind of crazy hanging out here. It's at the intersection of the Appalachian Trail in the last road before the through hikers get to Katahdin pretty much. So you're like kind of quote unquote back in the real world, I guess we could say. <laughs> What what have you been doing? Because you're not through hiking right now. What have you been doing uh, for the past week? It sounds like you've kind of been like living out here. Yeah, I've been up here. I've been doing job applications, um, working on some medical writing jobs. And then uh, I do that for three or four days. And then I try to take off to the woods for three or four days to sort of maintain my sanity and get out of the city, which is just not my world anymore totally understandable and actually this is great that we have you because you're a seasoned a very seasoned through hiker and you've also done a lot of other jaunts and adventures um and before we get too heavily into this i really want you to plug your blog because i think it's really important for people to kind of especially i know a lot of you out there are sitting around and you just re luckily read our blogs look at our photos and all this other crap 
which sometimes makes us feel justified doing what we're doing. Um, but I, I really, I think that it would be great for all of you to check out her work in general because she's awesome and super articulate. So why don't we, why don't we plug that real quick and then we'll kind of get more into the meat of this interview. All right. Thanks. My blog is at patches through com, Uh, and I post stories about my adventures. Uh, I blogged about both my through hikes there and I take a zillion pictures because I absolutely love sort of capturing some of the beauty that I see out here in the woods, both with birds and pictures. And so I post post those when I get a chance, which I do more often from the trail, believe it or not, than I do when I'm in civilization. Ah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> You're like so much more inspired out here. But so Patches has completed the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, and she, we've had some really great conversations about sort of going back into civilization, what it's like to go back into civilization and just how much through hiking changes you. Um, how, I mean, you had a pretty serious life before you started through hiking. How do you, how would you say you basically went from being a neuroscientist to a vagabond nomad? (laughs) One step at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I've always loved hiking and backpacking, so that was sort of a natural transition. And I do the same stuff out here that I did in my research lab and when I was teaching neuroscience and modeling and calculus and all those other things. I explore, I discover, I learn new stuff, I document it, and then I try to share it with other people. So the the core elements of what I love to do are the same in both. It's just a very, very different world that I'm applying them to. I'm kind of jealous, actually, because now you've already done these thru-hikes, and you're sort of adventure living. Um, mm. You're basically getting the best of thru-hiking without the rigorous uh, sort of schedule of like waking up knowing you have to go places what do you think the benefits or maybe even like the problems are with that I'm sure there's a huge difference between you know there's a freedom in just following one direction as Gizmo told said before but what do you think the differences are in like your kind of adventure living versus the rigorous schedule of through hiking I don't know I feel like I I like through hiking better it's less rigor less rigorous you you have a direction you have a goal that's both short term and long term when you're on the trail you always know where you're going but it doesn't really matter how you get there or when you get there and so i mean that is one of the really beautiful things about getting dropped off at the trail and just going because then you're free to explore whatever happens to pop up and do whatever cool, interesting thing presents itself to you. And I really love that. I feel like I'm much more scheduled in real life where I have to go, I have to go to a job, I have all these commitments that come with being a functional member of society. And and I miss the freedom of just being able to say, Ah, oh, this river is beautiful. I'm going to sit here listening to the loons, watching the sunrise, the sunset. If I get tired, it's okay. I can just take a break, you know? But it'll be worth it because I will have gotten to see that sunrise and had that perfect moment. And if I stay here for a while and if I keep walking, I'll have more of those perfect moments. And the ratio of those moments 
uh, when I'm on the trail. There are just so many more of them than when I'm sort of back and trying to live in this sort of world that is predefined for me, that has all these bounds on it. So, mm, yeah, the rigorous through hiking life is my kind of rigor, I guess, is what it boils down to. Man, you're so articulate. I love this. Uh, and any of you who are through hiking right now, because I know a ton of you listen to this while you're hiking, you better pay attention to what she just said. Um, mainly because what you're probably doing is getting really pissed off that you're walking for a long time, you're tired, you smell like crap, and <laughs> you're just like, oh, I miss this and I miss that. She just described it in a nutshell. Um, it's definitely worth it to be out here in this rigorous schedule. Uh, something I, I, do re- sm- I do smell better now, though. That is absolutely true. <laughs> she I does. smell a lot better. <laughs> she smells really nice. That day hikers smell. <laughs> She like, doesn't. She doesn't who's have that. Day that. Hiker? Oh, she's lying. Me. She's been living outside. I can tell. But uh, <laughs> that was a compliment. You know it. <laughs> um, so I guess I wanted to talk to you since you're such a good subject on this. I think <clears throat> there are a couple things. One of them is a lot of people ask us, "How the hell do you make this happen? How do you make this happen financially? A through hike? How do you make a financial? How do you make it happen financially? How do you make it happen family wise? How do you make it happen job wise? People always have these questions, and they always say the same thing to me when I meet them on the trail. They say, "Oh, I wish, I wish I could do that," and I say, "Well, you can." So why don't you tell us? Because you're actually like a real, you were a real member of society, and I, I'm just like, I've been like this for my whole life. I'm like totally not able to settle down, but. Let's get into you and how you kind of got to that point. Uh, I feel like life makes it happen. So I had dreamed about doing an Appalachian Trail through hike forever since I was a kid. But it definitely was not a lifestyle that seemed compatible with the career that I wanted and the other dreams that I was living. Because I loved, you know, I loved doing this school bit and trying to figure out where my life was going. And I had this goal of becoming faculty and a professor and a researcher and it always feels like there isn't the time there's never a good time it's sort of like when people talk about having kids there's never a good time because it's time and effort and money and when in your life does it make sense to do that and for a lot of people it's a struggle and they can't ever find that time until suddenly it happens and that's sort of how through hiking worked for me. Sort of my life started shifting and upheaving. And suddenly I was in this position where I didn't know how to move forward, but I knew that I wanted to move forward in a positive way. And I was developed the occupational asthma, which I talked about, I think, in the yeah. last part, where my breathing just got worse and worse and worse until it became clear that I couldn't keep doing what I was doing and this thing that I absolutely loved and had poured my heart and soul into. And so started being confronted with the fact that I wasn't going to be able to live that dream anymore forced me to think about other dreams that I had. I'm like, oh, I have had this other dream and I've just never had the time for it. But I need to focus on my health and I, I actually can make that happen now. And so it was, it was definitely a concerted effort to live a different dream for a while that led me to the trail. That's definitely like a good psychological piece of it. And I think the psychological piece is huge because normally in real life, you know, you're going from one 
not to sort of parallel what you just said about the rigorous uh, schedule of through hiking, but for some people, it's like the one sort of routine, direction-filled, short-term, long-term goal sort of a thing. And and paralleling that, I mean, let's say you and I were together, and I was like, I want to have a kid, and I want to start a 401k, and I want to buy a house. Those are long-term goals, and the direction that we I would work towards is working to do that. Um, what do you think, like, psychologically, you know, we covered, like, the basis financially. This is always a big question for people. Um, financially, how do you think that becomes a reality to, to do the trail? Because a lot of people, if we talk about that dream that's paralleled, they have to leave their partner. They have to leave their job. They have to deal with the fact that they're not going to be making money for a certain amount of time. How are they going to pay for their car, their house, and all that business? Did you have to deal with any of that stuff? And financially, because we are unfortunately tied to finances, how, how does that become a reality for you to thru-hike? So I guess I did sort of the standard, quit the job, sell the house, you know, <laughs> get rid of the car, and hike. So it really, for me, was um, sort of jumping in with both feet, embracing this different dream for a while and having faith in myself and the world that I would be able to find a new direction and essentially be able to swim when I finish <laughs> because it is it's horribly scary when you have this fairly secure or it feels fairly secure life without feeling secure at all but right you have the job you have the house you live someplace you go to work every day you're familiar with your surroundings you have friends and then you get rid of the job and you get rid of the house and you like I flew to Georgia and started hiking north <laughs> solo like well this is either gonna work or it's not and I don't know what not would look like it's that's not a possibility so it's gonna work go <laughs> and, and so that's how that that worked for me but it really was it, very scary to sort of step away from the life that I knew and felt fairly secure in but maybe not as happy as I wanted to be and to step into a whole new world and financially <clears throat> yeah financially I did it by by selling my house so you so but so that's a big deal. You sold the one like comfort that you had that you knew that was your shelter, and then made a shelter of your tent in the woods, right. and now it's in your car for the most part. I think. What do you think? This is what I love asking people who've done a couple through hikes, and because and we've talked about this. So and also I just want to say we sat here and ate breakfast today uh, at this bench. We're surrounded by a bunch of beautiful trees and the river, like she mentioned. The light's kind of dappling in right now. It's, like, really nice and pretty. There are pine needles all over the ground and some cute little log bench. And, yeah, we just had a really nice breakfast outside, which is great. Because, for me, this is my first breakfast back on the trail. So I'm really happy I got to spend it with you. And I like to give people a description because I guess some of our listeners have complained that we don't describe our settings <laughs> enough. Um, what... What do you think has changed you the most? Because obviously you're really changed after you've been out on the trail and have lived outside for a while. You mentioned to me uh, two days ago that it made you have more questions um, to be out here. I think that's what you were saying. Like you, you're like, yeah, I just have a lot. I'm trying to, you know, I'm figuring out a lot more things or something to that extent. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, 
What do you think? How's it changed you? Like, how, I mean, cause you, there's obviously a change. Like you've mentioned a huge change in yourself, not just physically, but also mentally and like what, where your values lay and what kind of things you're looking for. Um, well, I mean, I think normally when I answer this question, I say the biggest thing that changed is that, uh, my faith in humanity was restored. Uh, that's sort of a broader answer to that question, but I think it still applies. It's sort of easier for me to see the best in people and to see the best in circumstances and to see the best in my surroundings. And it's also easier for me to just sort of let go of my preconceived notions about how things should be and how things should go and embrace the way that things are and to move forward from that. So instead of trying to to force an idea of what I want my life to look like. I've done more reflection on what I want, how I want to be, like what makes me happy and how do I maximize that in my life? And I think that's a question that almost everyone is trying to to answer for themselves is how can I be the happiest me that I can be while still moving forward in ways that feel okay with my life? Do you think, uh, I mean, do you think you're kind of, do you think you slowly put those pieces together? I think, I mean, for me personally, I, I understand what you're saying. I feel the same way and I feel like it changes every day. Um, how do you think, how do you think kind of living out here sort of works in that realm of your questioning? Uh, I think that it makes me a lot more flexible because you, you can't change nature, <laughs> If it's going to rain, it's going to rain. There's no amount of preparing for rain that's going to keep it from raining. There's no amount of pleading with the trail that's going to make that rocky cliff that you're suddenly standing at the edge of go away. You just have to be willing to face those problems and move forward. And I think in real life quote-unquote real life (laughs) Uh, when you're not on the trail you can find ways to hedge around some of those hard issues and the hard questions in ways that the trail just doesn't let you do and that probably is is the biggest I think the biggest adjustment that I've made on the trail is that flexibility and like no it's still gonna rain (laughs) no matter how much I worry about it it's gonna rain so I don't worry as much. I try to have my preparations. I do what I can. But I'm much better at sort of relaxing and realizing that there's a lot of stuff that I have absolutely no control over. And the illusion of control over it isn't always helpful. (laughs) Man, if you guys don't read her blog, you're so stupid. I mean, I'm just, like, getting these little nuggets of wisdom only from this time. I'm actually going to listen to this recording a couple times while I'm walking myself, just so you know. Uh, Because I still do get pissed off a lot of the time because I have a bad temper and I'm trying to adapt to the things that I can't change. Man, sometimes I feel like being on the trail is like being in an AA meeting. (laughs) It really is. Uh, but I don't have a lot more time because I got to get walking here and I know Patches has to go back to her own real life, quote unquote, as we like to say. Um, if you, if you had to give anybody a piece of advice, eh, let's scratch that. Let's, let's do this. This is more fun stuff. 
Tell me what uh, some of your favorite places were on the Pacific Crest Trail and on the Appalachian Trail, because um, I know you remember them <laughs> very vividly. Okay. So just give me like one or two of each and, and tell me about those, and then we'll go to your advice to the rest of the world out there who's trying to get out there, who has been out there, who is out there. Uh, so <laughs> on the Pacific Crest Trail, I love the Anza Borrega Desert, which is in Southern California, and it's a very, very foreign environment for me. It's very dry. There are scattered cactuses and scrub, and there's no trees, no shade, <laughs> no water. It's about the opposite end of the spectrum from where we are right now, surrounded <laughs> by water and lush green leaves and trees. And um, it had a really stark beauty. Uh, seeing sort of the cavernous mountains and canyons out ahead of me with the color of the the color of the earth just being exposed and the broadness of those vistas was really really cool oh, I loved it there yeah <laughs> and and I was there in spring so I also got the the beautiful sort of spring bloom in the desert which gives you this sort of I guess it gives you a hopefulness I mean if you can have these beautiful flowers growing there in the middle of the desert which is just so stark I mean you can have beauty anywhere and it's learning to see that beauty which is another thing I think that you learn in the trail and can apply to your broader life <laughs> um, Crater Lake up in Oregon is absolutely beautiful um, and once again it's just the immensity of nature is overwhelming in beautiful ways the water was so blue and the clouds reflecting off of it were perfect. And you have these really picturesque cliffs running up to the edge of it. Um, and that was awesome. I went swimming there. Oh, nice. So that was also kind of fun. I took an extra day um, because my philosophy for the PCT was vacation. <laughs> this is a vacation. I recognize this is a vacation and I need to enjoy it. And everyone else was like, okay, no, I can't stop. I got to do another 20 <laughs> miles today, 30 miles today. I got to get to the next place. And I'm like, but this, this place we are right now is, <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> Gizmo, you're going to love this part. I know you are. I know you're ha so happy right now listening to this. <laughs> so yeah, I took a day. I met some people that ended up being Trail Angel family for me. They got tickets for us to go on the boat trip to Wizards Island. Oh, and man. they met me there. They picked me up uh, from the PCT, drove me out to the edge of the rim where you go down to the boat launch. Their mother, so the grandmother, um, made me a strawberry rhubarb pie with this beautiful lattice top. Oh, I was bubbly strawberry rhubarb goodness up through the middle and it's still warm so I packed that up in my day pack and carried it with me and we hiked down and then we took the boat across and I hiked it to the summit of Wizards Island oh man and ate this wonderful strawberry strawberry rhubarb pie up there with my new trail angel family and yeah it's memories like that that you can't predict that <laughs> only happen if you're willing to just embrace the opportunities that, that the world is giving you. And so that was one of my favorite moments. And cowboy camping in Washington. <laughs> oh, I love just laying my sleeping bag out 
and sleeping on the top of a mountain, watching the sunset, going to sleep, waking up in the middle of the night, looking up at the Milky Way stretch completely above me and knowing that the next time I wake up, it's going to be to the sunrise. It's just, it's my favorite thing in the world, I think. Being able to stop for camp for the night, watch the sunset, see the stars, and then have the sunrise in the morning. It doesn't, it doesn't get better than that. I don't know. You guys can't see this, but she's smiling really big while she's telling me all these things. Uh, Like, it's a pretty big smile, which is I can see that she's really happy to be out here and to have been out there. Um, So that being said, this is the fun part. What do you want to say to people who are listening? You can say whatever you want. And normally, I don't know, people just kind of go off on their own little thing, but you can say anything you want uh, to sort of let them know... That it's possible, maybe whatever, whatever you want. What, like these people are going to be listening to this, like while they're hiking. What's up, hikers? <laughs> I can hear your feet while you're walking. Uh, people are going to be listening to this while they're driving, while they're in their offices. Like a lot of people tell us, they're sitting in their offices. I hope you guys are having a good day out there in your office. Just, just saying. Um, what do you want to say to those folks? Ah, uh, I guess just take it one step at a time and get outside. Do the things that you love when you can do them because you never know what tomorrow will bring. And so I feel like happiness is, is a matter of maximizing the time that you get to spend doing the things that you love with the people that you love. And so that looks different for different people and you should find... And actually spend some time thinking about what that looks like for you and try to add a little bit more of that into your life every day and see where it takes you. For me, it took me to the trail. And, (laughs) you know, I still am trying to maximize the amount of that that I get, but also realizing that I do miss my family at home and my friends and those connections. And I don't get to keep all of that when I'm on the trail. So figuring out the balance. That's a good one. Man, words of wisdom for serious. Well, I guess it's time because I got to start hiking now. Uh, doing a small day today, 15 miles. <laughs> and it's flat, so I feel kind of guilty. But uh, it's a beautiful day. Maine is absolutely gorgeous. Jesus, Maine is more beautiful than I could have imagined it. And I've like been up here quite a bit. So that being said, this is Kimchi and I'm signing out. And this is Patches. Thanks so much, Patches. You really made my morning. It was great to see you again. (laughs) So this interview with Patches really resonated with me because uh, in a lot of ways, I feel like I am still in a transition period. Doing it through hike was a dream of mine, and I was able to make it happen. In a lot of ways, it was different than perhaps how I imagined it, but honestly, and all in ways that were better and that taught me more about myself. But perhaps the biggest takeaway from my thru-hike was this newfound sense of power, which was the realization that if I had a dream that I truly wanted, I had the power to realize that dream. You know, I decided that 2014 was going to be the year that I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, and I did. I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, and not only did I discover that I could make that happen, I discovered how strong I truly was. You know, I could ask my body to do such hard, incredible things, and it did them for me. (laughs) And coming home and being home has been a lot harder, as I've had to figure out what my dreams are now. See, one of the things about a thru-hike is that it ends. 
and you have to decide what to do next. You know, do I want to be a, a dirtbag adventurer, continually just making enough money to make my next adventure happen? Do I want to settle down and, and do that whole bit? Pursue my career? Do I want to run away to an organic farm on California's northern coast? These are things that I think about all the time. And I wish I knew because I felt like if I, if I just knew, I could make it happen. But, you know, life doesn't come with an instruction manual. Anyhow, enough with my uh, internal strugglings, but our next clip is an update from Kimchi as she hikes through the 100-mile wilderness in Maine, and then an interview with Kodak, who we've also heard from before. Kodak is almost done, and I think he's starting to realize that he is about to transition from the hard but beautifully simple life of a thru-hiker into a world with a lot more choices and a lot more directions. So let's take a listen. Hey, this is Kim Chi with Sounds of the Trail. I am currently in the 100-mile wilderness in Maine. And it's about 10.10 in the morning. I honestly don't know what mile marker I'm at. (laughs) kind of stopped doing that. I've actually seen quite a few people today. I'm hiking. Decided to try to do a little update while I'm hiking. So it's great to be back on the trail. It's really great to be back on the trail with my good friend, Rock Ocean. I'm so stoked about that. It's definitely hard. It's not not as easy as I thought, which is ridiculous because this is actually a really, really flat part of the trail. But, whew, let's see. Where do I start? It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, ridiculously beautiful. Some of the most pristine forest I've ever seen in my entire life. Maine. I've always loved Maine. It's called vacation land for a reason. And I think their other, the other slogan for Maine is uh, the way life should be, <laughs> which is pretty true. It is rugged. And even, even though this has been like a super flat area and it's supposed to be easy, it has been swelteringly hot probably like 96 degrees easily and just humid so humidity is like really an issue for keeping yourself really hydrated I've definitely yesterday I think without exaggerating I probably drank close to 10 liters of water um, almost 10 overall so it was just really really hot and it has been which has led to some wonderful chafing on my thighs on my butt, (laughs) on some other areas I probably shouldn't be talking about on a podcast, but uh, probably some of the most painful, painful chafing I've ever had in my entire life, and this heat actually, I would honestly say that it's like worse than anything I went through in the desert, Um, only because the desert's so dry, so in that dryness, you just... I mean, you get, like, hot, but it's not as energy-zapping as just sweating non-stop. So, there's that. Uh, Other stuff I probably shouldn't talk about, but it's, like, the lady time of the month, which started the day that I started hiking into Maine, which is exciting, because I just feel completely wiped out. (laughs) Um... Even though I'm tired and 
probably have lost every electrolyte in my body. I have to say, this is definitely one of my favorite parts of the trail. And I'm only a little bit into the into the hike. Knowing that I have to go all the way to Virginia is so daunting, uh, <laughs> especially weather-wise, and especially if I can't go as fast as I want to. My mileages have been cut down really drastically as to what they were before I got on the trail. My foot's feeling good, so that's chill. Um, <laughs> it's funny, it's like my foot finally feels epically amazing. But every time I walk, it hurts because my thighs are rubbed completely raw. <laughs> They're actually open, some nice open wounds that all of the salt of my sweat keeps rubbing into and making worse and worse. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good time to mention that I'm pretty sure I have a UTI as well. <laughs> Which I think can only be attributed to like... All the other stuff, plus sweating profusely, and even though I'm trying to keep clean, it's like pretty, pretty hard to do that in this humidity and when you're trying to make miles. Um, silver lining, I never got to interview him because he didn't let me, but he is behind us. He's going to take it a little slower which I think is smart, actually, because he's trying to enjoy himself. And I think that brings me to, like, a serious point of thru-hiking. It's like, you know, you either can push yourself and do big miles and really not enjoy yourself, or you can push yourself and do big miles and enjoy yourself because you're a masochist. I know plenty of you people like that. Or you can take your time and just kind of see everything around you and suffer by carrying much more food than you actually feel like carrying. There's no, there's no easy way on the trail, period. Uh, there's never something that's just like so easy, except for people who, I guess, slack pack. Slack packing is when you get someone to drop you off at one road they take all of your heavy equipment that you're carrying and you just take food so you're not carrying your entire pack weight. So it's a lot easier to hike. And that's something I can tell you about returning to the trail right now. I totally forgot how heavy a full resupplied pack feels. Feels like I'm carrying a tiny fat child on my back. And I mean, it's probably because I'm not in shape. <laughs> um... I actually had no problem summoning Katahdin. I felt really good. My knees were a little sore the next day. My hands were scraped up and so were my knees. But I definitely felt better than I did yesterday for the last three miles of my trek. I absolutely probably just like hit the bottom. Um, I basically <laughs> realized I wasn't even that far in, something like 30 miles into the 100 mile, I don't even know, just like not very far, realizing how far I had to go, realizing it was just going to get harder and harder as I got closer to my resupply town of Monson, and just feeling like I wasn't going to make it, um, and just breaking down. I mean, I had to stop every two miles and drink a liter and a half of water because I just couldn't, I just couldn't feel good and 
just that feeling of having to pee every five minutes and like not really peeing and just, you know, the thighs rubbing. I just felt really bummed out and I sat down and I definitely had a little cry and I was like, there's no way I'm going to finish this. There's no way. And then I got to, I got to the spring where I figured Rock Ocean would be and he was there and there was a really nice lady there who was pretty awesome. Wow, I can't remember her name right now. I feel like a jerk. But she was great. She was a cool lady. And after eating dinner and chugging even more ice cold water, I just felt better. And going into going to sleep in my tent completely naked, sweating my butt off because it was so hot. I still was just like, Jesus, there's no place I'd rather be than this sweltering hot tent, completely naked, feeling like I have to pee with my period and a bunch of chafed like areas that are just completely on fire because I just cleaned them. Really, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. So either I don't have a life or I just really love it out here. And I think I do. So I'm going to try and keep going. Uh, we're actually going to get halfway through the 100 mile wilderness today. So maybe, just maybe, I can finally interview Rock Ocean, which would be epic because I've been trying to interview him for a while. Yeah, I guess from here I'm going to get going. I'm hiking through probably one of the easiest and nicest sections of the 100 mile wilderness right now pine needles everywhere the greenest forest you ever could see for there's nothing else you can see except for forest young white pines littered all over the place amongst a bunch of older bigger trees beaches and birches tons and tons and tons of moss of eight million different varieties it's kind of like washington but definitely more Maine, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Lots and lots of mushrooms everywhere. Every time I step on a pine cone, it just like explodes this beautiful smell of pine. <sighs> I'm sweating my butt off. And for the first time since I've hiked the Appalachian Trail, kind of hoping for rain. From the 100 Mile Wilderness, this is Kimchi from Sounds of the Trail, and I'm out. Hey, this is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail, and I am standing, I don't know where the f*** we are, you're going to bleep that out. Uh, <laughs> all outdoors. <laughs> all outdoors. We're somewhere in the middle of Chairback Mountain. But anyway, I just bumped into Kodak, who I've been trying to see actually on the trail since the beginning of both of our thru-hikes. Kodak, Kodak's almost done his thru-hike, he's very close to being finished, and we actually talked on the phone for a really, really, really long time before he even started his hike. This is kind of a miraculous moment, so I wanted to do a quick check-in. Kodak, how's it going, man? It's good. Got a little wet last night, but we're drying off. The sun's out today, so it's nice. <laughs> so, oh man, it's so good to see you. So, uh, you you want to tell me about how everything has been going from, you know, from here? What's happening? How it's been going? What's been going through your mind? You're really close to being done, and I've talked to you literally every single, like, throughout the entire thing so I'm wondering how you're feeling my thought process has changed uh, I was excited to finish and I'm still really eager to finish but I don't want it to end at this point 
we've been really treasuring our time at the shelters with the guys having laughs and trekking through puddles and just making fun of each other and trying to see each other fall in water at this point <laughs> we want to see each other fail it's getting brutal but it's a lot of fun and it's a perfect way to end i guess so you don't have a lot more miles you're going to be going through the 100 mile wilderness i don't know what's going through your mind as far as knowing that you're about to be done I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a really unreal feeling. We're really dreading, I'm definitely dreading seeing Katahdin for the first time because as exciting as it'll be, it'll be a little bit uh, sad and touching, I guess you could say. But I guess for the most part, you know, I'm ready to be, ready to complete the hike and get on to my next adventure, I guess. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm really stoked for you. I'm really, really excited that I got to see you all the way here, especially since I've talked to you a couple times when you're like, I don't want to keep going. Yeah, you've caught me at some all-time lows, and then you kind of have some words of wisdom that they're like, oh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll keep going. I got this. <laughs> so you always help me push my way through it, I guess. <laughs> well, honestly, I need your help right now. I don't want to keep doing this. I really want to get off trail and go to Hawaii and hang out Hawaii. for a while. <laughs> Take me with you. That's all I got for you. Oh, that's not what you're supposed to say. <laughs> well, I think we both got to get going. Unfortunately, that's the way of a through hiker. Um, he's got to get to his shelter, and I got to do something today because we haven't gone anywhere. You I don't know. Last night. Uh, what are you talking about? The first time Rock Ocean ever said this sucks. That was epic. <laughs> this guy's always stoked all the time, but it's just been raining. Let me ask you that. You know you're coming to the end, and it's gonna probably rain for the next couple of days. Yeah. How do you how do you feel? I mean, like you're a seasoned through hiker at this point. How do you feel about the rain? I still don't like it. Yesterday I was on Rockation a few minutes ago. We got to a point where it's downpouring so much, and my shoes were at this point completely penetrated by water. So we just started trekking through puddles. We didn't care, and there's a point where we thought it was funny. Everyone was laughing at each other, and then we found out we were still two miles from the shelter, and that's when it wasn't as funny anymore. <laughs> But it was a good time for the most part, but I'm hoping we can, I don't know, steer clear of the rain for two or three more days. But, you know, if we hit it, it's two or three more days and I'm done. That's it. And you're done. And you're done. I'm done. So who's going to pick you up from Katahdin? How's this, How's your exit plan working out for you? Uh, it all came together. My sister is driving up. She reserved a campground at Katahdin Stream. She got the last site. And I guess we're going to try to make it there for Tuesday night, which is three days from now. And then we'll be summoning, you know, early in the morning. She's going to hike up before me and meet me up at the top. So I'm pretty stoked. We're going to all try to get some beers in there and have our last night in camp and, you know, get some tears out of each other. But it'll be fun. Tears and beers. Tears and beers. That's that's exactly what the end of a through hike is like. It's going to be us and Monson. <laughs> I know, because uh, I think Rock Ocean's going to leave me. We're going to break up. Nah, yeah, it's okay. Uh, but either way, I'm really, really happy. I Could you take a picture of us? I did. Yeah. Good, because cool. I want everyone to see where this interview is taking place. Really In the quickly. Sights of the trail. <laughs> Real quick, Robert, uh, can you, A, let's, let's very quickly i want you to find a way to direct people to your your photos because they're amazing robert's a huge inspiration for me photographically and he kind of has been since we started talking to each other he also has kept me on trail and actually kept me getting back on trail so i kind of hate you right now 
But uh, Love it. I actually cried when I saw him. I'm not lying. It was it was tearful. But uh, real quick, uh, tell us where to find your photos. And um, there's something else I wanted to say. Oh, describe where we are and then whatever you want to say to anyone who's listening. You find my photos only on Instagram right now. It's uh, Iwitz Robert, E-W-I-T-S Robert. And um, right now, I guess I'm working on a website. Kimchi's making me do something like that after the trail. So I'll have to get a real website for you guys. But uh, for now, Instagram's the only place. And we're standing in the middle of the trail, which has turned into a riverbed today because it rained so much last night. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of cool looking. Um, <laughs> we're surrounded by pine trees. Yeah, there's pine trees. It looks like Christmas. <laughs> There should be elves running around somewhere. <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, you know, just in the middle of the woods, it's nice. The 100-mile wilderness is everything I've expected and more, minus the rain. Well, maybe the rain's the more part. But, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know. What else? What would you want? Anything else you want to say, period? Like, is there anything else you want to say at all to anyone who's listening to this? Um, I mean, you have your down days, like Kim Chi and I both said. Like, we were both had our points where we were ready to get off and we kept finding a way to get back on and you know find a way don't quit on a bad day that's what everyone says give yourself a couple days and you'll find a reason why you want to stay out here really I think that's it this coming from a kid who texted me every single day with the most neurotic questions ever about <laughs> care and what to do before he started the trail he kicked my ass, that's for sure, and uh, he's really pushed on through, and I'm really, pr- I mean, I can't say it enough, but every time I talk to you, I tell you how proud I am of you, and I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm really happy for Definitely you. feels good. <laughs> feels real good at this point. All right, well, I guess on that note, I'm like this sucker face get over to uh, Carl Sagan <laughs> shelter. <laughs> All right, I'm Kimchi, and I'm out. See you later, guys. That's Kodak, and he's out. Kodak, out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my dear listeners, that is all that we have for you today. Uh, We are not going to hear from Par 3 today. He is actually at PCT Days, or Trail Days maybe? Uh, Pacific Crest Trail Days at Cascade Locks in Oregon, which is a a big get-together up there. And he's doing tons of recording and sending me back tons of stuff. So I think the next episode is mostly going to be focused on the Pacific Crest Trail instead of the Appalachian Trail. So if you're wondering what, what... par three and friends are up to we will hear from them next week and that's all we have so have a good one till next time on the big rock candy mountain you never have to change your socks Little streams of alcohol come a trickling through the rocks. All the railroad bowls at the tip of their hats and the railroad bowls are all blind. There's a little lake of stew and a whiskey too. You can paddle all around it in your big canoe on the big rock candy mountain. On the big rock candy mountain. <laughs>